0: Are you ready? Can't work. The New York Jets. <laughs> we beat anybody in the world, and I think we're going to win next Sunday. The, the New York Jets. I think Jeff fans. Jeff fans. Bird. Jeff Brady Bird. He's very passionate. Bird, Brady, Bird. Thank you. All you fans. They got their guy. Darnold falling to the Jets. Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold. That's
1: such an upside. <laughs> I think Jeff fans. Very passionate.
0: Brady Sons. Don't be the not
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest edition of the Ain't Easy, Being Green podcast, broadcasting to you live from beautiful, amazing, picturesque Crystal Lake Studios in Putnam Valley, New York, coming at you on the Elite Sports Radio Network. I am joined, as always, by my colleague and co-host, the number one Jeff N. in the state of Texas, Michael Lagaris, everybody! What up, Jeff fans? And, as always, our beloved board-off, the man behind the glass, the Majestic Beast, Nicholas Cromwell. <laughs> Look, I'm not going to
0: take up a lot of time with the intros. Appreciate you being here. Keith, I think we should talk about the first thing that pops up, huh? <laughs> oh,
1: the, see, see what you did there, everyone? See what you did there now? Mike, in the news this week, you might have noticed a few tidbits. Uh, a few. That came across the... Who's blotter here. One of them I see is the owner of the Patriots getting busted in a massage parlor. Robert Kraft and the debauchery dumpster fire that is that franchise known as the New England Patriots when it comes to off-the-field issues. Once again, Michael, they find themselves in an awkward situation. Once again, unprecedented waters they're in with an off-the-field situation, Mike. When you saw the headline, Robert Kraft, 77-year-old owner of the New England Patriots billionaire busted at a massage parlor where you were paying $60 an hour. Now, who am I to judge anyone? Live your life the way you want to live it. You yeah. think a billionaire has other means, has other ways, has maybe higher level situations he could put himself into, or maybe not. Who am I to judge? But Michael, your first thoughts when you saw the news, Robert Crack busted once again shame thrown in the face of the Patriots. Michael, what would you feel? It
2: stinks from the top down that's the first thought and the second thought was it's par for the course
1: that is it is so true mike the patriots they've won six championships in the past 20 years or however long it is yeah it sucks obviously it's, it's spilled milk. jet fans hate the patriots yeah we do yeah. yeah i mean that's 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 a thing i pure straight you. So no no one's no one yeah. saying that's not true. And now, this doesn't affect the play on the field. I no. get that, guys. It's not going to affect wins and losses. However, when it comes to the supposed Patriot way and what they represent, right. you know, they should, first of all, they shouldn't be allowed to have that be their teammate to me. Now, no. when you're an American Patriot, that represents a lot of positive things. Someone who really believes in the core values of America. That's how I look at Patriots. Yeah. You know, you can be, and to me, Mike, we won't even get political. You could be on either side of the line. You can love your country. And you can be a Patriot. When you have a team like the Patriots, for instance, who knew Aaron Hernandez. They knew his background. They knew he shot someone in Gamesville in 2007. Aaron Hernandez shot somebody. Yeah. Aaron Hernandez got in a bar fight, knocked out a bouncer. Aaron Hernandez had a double homicide in Boston in 2012 as a member of the Patriots. He then shot his friend in the eyeball the offseason of 2012. And a month later, murdered Odin Boyd! None of those stories got ran up the Patriots' polls, huh? we, we We could bring up all the different guys that have been calling PEDs. That happens to plenty of teams. Yep. But the Super Bowl MVP they you happen to get busted. Patriots didn't mind signing Dante Stallworth after he ran someone over with his car and got a DUI. No, come on, come on, come on. In 2009, he did it. The case gets settled a few years later. They brought him right in after he got suspended for a year. Obviously, we know the flake aid. Tom Brady suspended without pay for four games. Patriots fined a million dollars. A first-round draft pick, a fourth-round draft pick in the 2017 draft. We know what happened with Spygate. Bill Belichick fined $500,000, which is the most you could possibly fine a coach. It's also the most a coach has ever been fined in the history of the NFL. Patriots got fined $250,000, docked their first pick in the 2008 draft. Guys, that all leads us to this moment. Now, if you you subtract from this equation everything I just said, and you don't have six championships, you're looked at as the biggest dumpster fire franchise in the history of professional sports and now right. when you win it's the deodorant for everything you heard many people say right. also them winning is what's allowed them to be able to do all this cheating and people look the other way when you win but remove that say for a second we don't factor in on field success to the way this team has operated in the past two decades since Robert Kraft take over the team Look at all the things I just mentioned. This is like the tip of the iceberg when it comes to the Patriots. I mean, Michael, all the things I just mentioned, the the past history with the Patriots, it all led to this most recent development with the owner of the team, along with Bill Belichick and Tom Brady, the face of the team. He's over there with Meek Mill making videos. You know, he's the coolest guy in the room at all times, Robert Kraft, right? Uh, You feel for him. He's a winner my heart goes out to. I totally understand. But at the same time, at the same time, the degenerates, Running up in this place, you would think an upper echelon billionaire is not involving himself in something like this, and when people are making jokes about it, and I totally get that it is a humorous situation, the reality of the situation is the women that were working at this place were there against their will. They were living in in the actual massage bar. They have a picture of the refrigerator and their living conditions. And when people try to give him a pass and say, oh, well, hold on a second. Right. What did he really do wrong? There's there's two two sides to that. The supply and demand. If the demand's not there, then the supply goes away. Right. When it comes to anything, that's the law of business. The law of of anything on the streets, in the real world, anything you want to talk about. The demand is people like him walking in there. Remove them from the equation. Maybe this doesn't go on anymore. So I'm not giving him a free pass at all. And... When you see a team that has just gone down and, you know, off the field at least, has such a reputation for being just the bottom of the barrel when it comes to morals, it just seems like, Michael said, truly
2: par for the course. Oh, par for the course. Today, <clears throat> Robert Kraft was officially charged. The, seven, se- so the 77-year-old billionaire is among 200 people linked to several Central Florida day spas and massage parlors suspected of being used as prostitution rings. Um, law enforcement enforcement targeted this months ago, so good job on on our government, on our law enforcement to have this investigation going into it. Um, I think you hit on a a really important point there, Keith, about the larger story here. See, the larger story really is the human trafficking, and human trafficking is one of the worst, worst crimes in this world. We can talk about young children, uh, women, sex trafficking going all over the planet, and the reason why this these things happen is because there is a demand for sex from these people, and the fact that these women supposedly were reportedly served up to fifteen hundred male clients a year, eight clients a day, had to sleep on the massage parlor beds, had to eat this food, and to understand that this uh, one of the clientele here was Robert Kraft. Uh, is it's striking, and it's 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 kind of it's it's actually it's not surprising in that the the, the Patriots are always part of all types of stuff, crazy stuff going on off the, But to think that Robert Kraft donate and the Patriots donate one point six million towards domestic violence and sex trafficking, so they they they're actually part with joint with the NFL uh, in 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 donating against these actions, but the owner is taking part in that you know and the NFL put out a statement they said our personal conduct uh, policy applies equally to everyone in the NFL the league said we will handle this allegation in the same way we would handle any issue under the policy we are seeking a full understanding of the facts while ensuring that we do not interfere with an ongoing investigation enforcement into this investigation we will take appropriate action as warranted based on the facts right that's what the NFL said. Now, remember, the Panthers owner ended up having to sell his team for the things that he did, right? So Kraft's response to this says, We categorically deny that Mr. Kraft engaged in any illegal activities, even though they have videos of him on the night or the day of the AFC Championship by the way because it is a judicial matter we are not commenting any further so Keith let me ask you a question given all the things that you just talked about why should we even think of believing this denial
1: someone who is as powerful as Robert Kraft He's just putting out the response just to get ahead of the story. Obviously, we know right now in our country, whether or not you're telling the truth or not kind of doesn't matter anymore. People just believe what they want to believe, Mike. So, Patriots fans are going to believe their version of the story. Right. People that support Robert Kraft are going to believe their version of the story. His even
0: lawyers, That's his lawyer's job, too. They're, they're, they're probably going to look at that video and say, is there any way we can have this not even be a part of... His his but one one thing,
1: Mike, and Mike, and to answer your question, there's no reason you should believe them. He was Mike, he was videotaped visiting the same massage Paula on the 19th, Denier. um, the night before the AFC title game. This is what documents state. At that time, Greg yeah. left in a white 2014 Bentley. The car was pulled over a few minutes later, and the Patriots owner produced a Massachusetts driver's license record state. So, when he categorically denies any of this happened, what is he really saying? Is he denying he was there at all? Denier. Nine, there was a sexual act. He's saying he just went there for some type of massage. Liar. And that was it. I'm wondering how they're going to, what type of gray area they're going to try to manipulate here. And considering the amount of money he has, um, he could fight this as long as he wants, I guess. When it's really, for most people, they would probably just, it happened, let me move on with my life. But as Mike said, when they, when Deflategate happened, they, they lied. Spygate happened. They, they lied. Culture of a team, a culture of businesses, a culture of uh, relationships sometimes can come from the top. Yep. And you have someone, for instance, like Mike said, Mike made Mike made a really good point. The Patriots and themselves donating the amount of money they've donated to victims of domestic violence or preventative measures for domestic violence or human trafficking, whatever the case may be, Mike. I don't know I don't know what you're referring to or where they donated the money, but whatever it is. If they donated that money, first of all, that's a great thing to do. And second of all, it's the same thing as if you know, Pablo Escobar back in the day donated money to the D.A.R.E. program yeah. and then also shipped in 15 tons of cocaine like while he left the D.A.R.E. Truck. truck. So it doesn't really make a, right. you know, it's, it, you, what are you doing? You're, you're, I mean, how much of a two-faced human being can you possibly, be? that's what you're doing, especially when it comes to causes like that and um, I know a lot of people, anti-Patriot fans have run with it, you've seen a lot of great memes, um, a lot of people are laughing about it, Mike, and it is to a degree slightly humorous just because it seemed like the Patriots, Mike, they can never get out of their own way. I mean, it just, uh, something no. always happens with this team. They literally had a player on their team who, while he was a New England Patriot, murdered yeah. people. Like, shot yes, people at a did. nightclub, shot another guy in the eye, settled out of court, or was supposed to not accord, and then went on ahead and murdered Odin Lloyd, like, and they were supposedly murdered, someone also in Florida. And
2: I want to make sure that everyone listening right now, you know, because I've said this on shows media, and in, I get back, oh, you're being petty, why are you bringing up this, why are you bringing up that? Listen, we're stating facts. We're stating facts right now. This is the number one story in the NFL. If you don't like it, turn it off. We hate the Patriots, and everyone should hate the Patriots, because they're a disgrace. Their quarterback deflates footballs. Their Super MVP lights himself up with PEDs, cheats with performance-enhancing drugs, their tight end murdered people, their their coach illegally filmed people for almost eight years straight, okay, stole play sheets from the Eagles, and now their owner has been charged with soliciting sex from an illegal prostitution rig. Get out of here!
1: You heard the man. And, uh, you know, the offense, it's a first degree misdemeanor. It's punishable by up to a year in jail. Obviously, that's not going to happen. But (laughs) additionally, offenders are punished with a $5,000 fine and a hundred hours of community service. That
0: community service should be televised. I want to see
1: that. Yes, that would would be tremendous. (laughs) Um, they're pretending for a prison sentence to be increased from 60 days up to a year. Who who can, who can disagree with Mike? What he just said. I mean, you know, we won't go on about any more guys. We got some other stuff to get into, but it just, it's so funny in this world of sports. In this world of the NFL, in this world of gangrene, that you get into these monster dog days. Like right now, what the hell is there to talk about? Nothing. We're still trying to put out, we trying to put this work in still here for these Jets fans. And what happens? Robert Kraft gets nailed to the prostitute. Okay. Alright, so okay. guys, Robert Kraft, we've had a little bit of fun talking about it here. Obviously, like we said, the Patriots can never get out of their own way. They are just a walking dumpster fire of a franchise that wins so everyone looks the other way. It's the way it is. It's the way it is, guys, in the world we live in. But let's get back to our team. Michael Lagaris had a segment that was worldwide renowned during the season. Nicholas, this is before we had you as board out, before we were operating at 100%, 100% faculties like we are now. Right. It was called Michael Ligaris' News and Notes. Hey.
2: It is now time for...
1: Oh, my God! I mean-
2: Hello, what's up, everybody? Mikes. You're a professional. I'm a professional. newsman. Devastation to the locker room. Notes. It's the home of the Jets! And Mike actually has
1: some news and notes for us right now in regards to the Jets. Mike, what do you got?
2: Well, uh, everyone knows, or maybe not everybody knows because we're not all paying attention to Jet news at this time, being that it's the dead season. But Mike, I'll throw this at uh, you though. Pierre... Any
1: psychopath
2: right now who's listening
1: to the Jets podcast in February, they know. They know, they Mike! Know. You're
2: right. <laughs> 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 well, we uh, three of our players were released. Kevin, Pierre-Louis, Terrence Brooks and Mike Pinnell. I was a little bit disappointed to hear about Ken Pierre-Louis. He he did pretty good on special teams. He was a guy who was suspended at the beginning of the season, and he did have an in- he had some injury issues throughout the season. He only played 36 snaps on defense this year, and it mostly was there when Darren Lee was suspended at the end of the year. But he was a very good contributor on special teams, but without signing him, um, we were able to save s- some money uh there and it's not like we really didn't need it, but they decided not to bring it back. Terrence Brooks, same thing, safety um, who provided depth at the safety position. He played a lot with, uh, Doug Middleton and Marcus May being both injured. He was also a contributor on special teams and we saved about 1.6 million with him, 2 million with Kim Pierre-Louis. And then Mike Pinnell, you know, uh, PFF had him rated pretty high and, and we were going to owe him, a, I believe, three and a half million coming up and we let him walk. Um, so I, I know we need some depth on the line, but I think the, I think what uh, the new defensive coaching staff is trying to do is give Nathan Shepard and uh, Fla- a good a, a chance to win the job next year. So they didn't bring Pinnell back.
1: Yeah, I heard that uh, Williams likes he likes smaller, more agile, faster defensive linemen. Pinnell's a pretty big guy. He definitely clogged a lane up, but maybe he just wasn't someone that fit into Greg Williams' defense. And Mike, one thing I want to throw at you, before we finish talking about the, these three players right here, is... The fact that me and you read today that the Jets are going to stay in this 3-4 defense and not switch to a 4-3, which we just assumed, because that's the type of defense it seems like Greg Williams has run the most often in his career. He just ran a 4-3 most recently. I thought he might come in implement that with our team. It seems like he looked at the roster, he looked at the personnel, maybe in conjunction with the GM and the moves they were going to make moving forward with the draft and in free agency, they said to themselves, all right, our team basically is still best set up to run a 3-4, Which is fine. If that's the case, then that's fine. But my thought, Mike, and and another guy I want to throw at you before you get to your conclusion, because I you got one more point to make here, is if that's the case, if we're going to stick in this 3-4, Manish made made a good point when we signed Greg Williams, is that, and me and you didn't know if it was right or wrong, but it is something to think about that the Jets retained Leonard Williams because if they switched to a 4-3, he could be a much more impactful end. But if they're not doing that, and you just had all these seasons of him playing, and he has 17 sacks in four years... Then, I'm confused. You know, I don't, I don't understand what... Maybe they think Greg Williams can get something out of him That previous defensive coordinators Haven't been able to Maybe he can come up with schemes So that Williams isn't double teamed As often as he has been But do you see anything changing next year If they stay in this 3-4 with Greg Williams I know it's hard to tell now But does it surprise you they kept Leonard Williams for next year Mike?
2: Yeah I thought that a 4-3 They were going to do the 4-3 Because they were going to try to leverage uh, uh, Leonard Williams' strengths And try to get the most out of him Along with uh, Darren Lee uh, playing the will, but it looks like they're deciding to go back and or stay with the three four, and they're going to play. Larry Williams. Is, is
0: everything all right, Mike? The cops coming? Yeah, are you out.
2: is a SWAT team closing in on the hotel. <laughs>
0: There's like AR-15s right now. I can hear them being fucking loaded. <laughs> <over. laughs>
2: There's something going on out there. I hope it ain't coming from me. Maybe you got Robert Kraft is running from somebody right now. <laughs> 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 But 2014, 2019, he's rich enough. Yeah, well, I don't, I don't know what's going on out there, but yeah, uh, Leonard Williams, look, they're going to run him out there one more year. They're going to see what they can get from him. They're going to have him in a 3-4. I'm not sure if it's going to be a hybrid where they'll have 4-3. I don't know what type of pass rushers they're going to add. Hopefully the Cowboys do not franchise tag DeMarcus Lawrence. Maybe they take Josh Allen. Who knows? Those are discussions we're going to talk about here in the future, but they are sticking with Leonard Williams. So, um, But altogether, by cutting those three three people that we were talking about previously, they say $5.5 million and now are $102 million, believed to be $102 million under the cap. We don't know what the salary cap, how high the NFL is going to raise the salary cap. We'll find that out within the next week or two. And at that point, we'll know exactly how much money the Jets will have. And they will have a whole lot of money. But, you know, I look at all these cuts and I just ask myself, man, the Jets, you know, sometimes it's kind of hard to understand why they would make cuts like that. Maybe they should have... Thought about that when they decided to draft Christian Hackenberg number two in the second round and cut him a lot earlier than they did. Because do you see what's happening with this man in the AAF?
1: Yeah, and Mike, can you just for for the record for all of our listeners to A B G podcast? Can you just tell everybody my reaction when you called me after they drafted Hackenberg?
2: Oh, what the f- Keith, Keith uh, was, was it not
1: was it just utter
2: disgust. I was just put head down. I couldn't believe it. I was like, wait, what did they... Wait, what?
1: Most people thought he was a fourth or fifth round pick at best. (laughs) He regressed. The rare college quarterback who regresses throughout his college career. He's
0: the the Benjamin Button. Benjamin Benjamin Button Button of of college quarterbacks.
1: Thank you, Wookie. And as I watched, I'm like, this guy is not a good player. When we took him in the second round, Mike called me, and he was like, Keith, what do you think? And it was like a Ric Flair promo. And happy 70th birthday to Ric Flair Yeah.
2: Promo.
1: Uh, I, re- I was like, what are we doing? Like, this is such a scrub, jabroni player who will never play in the NFL. I was so disgusted, for now at least, the highest QB draft that never throws a pass in the NFL. Yeah. My, what Mike was referring to is American lines of football. He's... He got benched, and uh, he was he was a pretty high pick. I don't even know. I don't remember what the hell team he's on, but I know Mike because first of all, I'm a diehard Birmingham Iron, three zero Birmingham Iron. I'm I'm gonna throw that out there to begin with, okay? Mike knows before the season started. I I put myself out there. They were power ranked number six. I went with it on the three and zero right now. Anyways, Hackenberg though they went against him week one, the Iron. So I watched. And I was like, what is happening right now? This is one of the worst players. How
2: bad a pick was that?
0: Was he that good in college? I didn't watch
2: him. No, he's so bad. No, it's, and and it, it's embarrassing because every time he goes up there, they're just like, oh, we can't believe McCadman took him. He, This guy was a second round pick. Can you believe the Jets drafted him in the second round? Every time the commentators say it, everywhere on Twitter, it's always, this guy right now through three games has has three interceptions, no touchdowns, 277 yards. Fifty-one percent completion percentage. He just got benched for Zach Mettenberger. He he is. I, I I I'm a break. He's playing against tough competition. He got benched for Zach Mettenberger. Mettenberger. So I'm telling you. I've said this on our very first podcast or our second podcast when we talked about our drafts. I said that Hackenberg is the worst draft pick. And even more bold statement. He is the worst quarterback ever. To be drafted in the National Football League. Period. <laughs> Mike!
1: Where? Well, that's not. Now oh, you're getting. He is. It.
2: I oh, can't. I mean, keep. he can't even play in the de- developmental league. You understand? He can't even play in the developmental league. He can't even play in that!
1: But I'll I'll say this: If you right now put Deshaun Kaiser in the AF, I think he's just absolute scrub as well. And I say the same thing for Nathan Peterman. This is this is scrubs out there (laughs) that have been drafted. But the very he's the very rare scrub that didn't even get a chance to play. So I can't give you that much of an argument against Peterman's quarterback rating. Um, And I just busted out his college stats: His freshman year he threw twenty touchdowns. His sophomore year he threw twelve touchdowns. And his senior uh, junior year he had sixteen touchdowns. So underwhelming throughout his career. And it was a bad pick, and he's, he's floundering in the AF. He's probably going to be...
0: I mean, he's no John Beck, that's for sure. But. He'll be working a ah. Dippy loop soon and an yeah, Arby's. Yeah, Cracker Barrel is ah. always hiring.
1: Yeah, Cracker Barrel always could use someone like him. He'll probably... Get, in the South, they know his name, too. They need
0: to churn the butter. Yeah, he, he, he should be able to, uh, you know, advance... You know what down. I picture? Like,
1: in his hometown, Hackenberg has a QB camp. Yep. And it's the first day. Yep. And he's like, everything's set up. He's out there and stuff. <laughs> no one's there. No. Because everyone's like, yo, I don't, why would I go to this, le- this, complete- he's not even, <laughs> this guy's not even an Arena League quarterback.
0: <laughs> who, drew, who, who got him into college? Did he legit Uncle Rico like, make his own little video out of the
2: field? <laughs> no, but you he's know, so all being said, I, I have to say, Peterman did something that I never saw, and that was that on his incompletions, his passer rating went up. I never saw anything like that in my life. He was so bad. That his when he incompleted the ball his passer rating went up because he kept the, he was throwing interceptions left and right. I, I
1: well he he's he has a high degree of trash. Hackenberg is one of the worst picks I can remember in a long time by the Jets. And what it, I think people there's probably picks in the first there's there's quarterbacks who were picked Jamarcus Russell one of the worst quarterbacks of all time he picked first so you look at some there's there's worse picks there's worse way worse picks than Hackenberg but um, at the same token there's guys who actually played in the NFL and I'll I'll use Deshaun Kaiser as another example who had an historically bad rookie year one of the worst seasons in the history of professional football and then when he got a little blip of a chance when Rodgers went out for a few series he threw an interception and then Khalil Mack just took the ball from him like you're playing with a three year old.
2: Yeah. And, and, he, can and can you believe? And can you believe Kaiser went over ahead of Mahomes really, in the really dynasty draft? But I digress.
1: Yeah, that that did happen, and you know, a very, very, very intelligent, wise owner in our league took Mahomes. I, we won't we won't mention who that owner is, everybody. But one thing I want to bring up, I didn't get to say at the beginning of the podcast, guys, is how'd you each feel about my music video? Now, now I'll go like a little background, everyone listening, all our listeners. We have our our fantasy football league. And right when I brought the music video up, Kronk tried to turn off his... I hear it, He's turning the sound off. He doesn't want to be involved anymore in this conversation. I see what he's doing. I see what he's doing. Um, we have Fantasy Football League. I happened to win it this year. I made a little song, a little ditty, then a music video for the league. Mike, did you appreciate it? Do you think it was in good taste? Do you think my musical skills are up there where at some point soon I should get myself out there and good, get myself but, uh, in the mix for If you want to
2: know how good you really will be, you'll put your video with my video and we'll take votes on it.
1: The video was great. Now, Mike, I don't know if you want to do that. I mean, your your video had some serious production, <laughs> not maybe the production value-wise. Like you had a real serious... It was done by a professional. <laughs> yeah, I know. Video, for that,
2: it was very it was was done well by me, done.
1: me and Windows Movie Maker. But I think my song, my song for the niche it filled, which is a 16-man niche. <laughs> it was. A 16-man was, yeah, man yeah, niche That's my it
2: friend. It was very well very done. Very effective. Oh, great. Very effective. 18. Hey, I- the situation uh ain't that heavy on. Alright,
1: but well, guys, let's get back on track, get into some more jet-related topics. Let's go through all these free agents, guys out there that we could bring back, let go, mm. I know guys we're gonna bring back a lot a lot of these guys in here they're they're uh Yeah, kinda in limbo, exactly. They're kinda in that gray area where you're not sure exactly what's gonna go on, especially with the amount of cap space we have. We have so much cap space. Uh, there's so many question marks when you have that much cap space because that means there's so many guys not signed. You know, when you don't have any cap space, most teams is because you have guys signed in every position, right? So, a lot of question marks for the Jets. We're going to get into them now. Mike and Krom, he have been splitting time with the interns, the both of you, and they really have been looking stressed out lately. I don't know what you guys have been doing to these guys, but another amazing list, a lot of stats here. Right at the top of the list, I see Josh McCown. Mike, do you think that's someone the Jets might actually bring back? Um this year is he somebody that they're going to consider to be right behind sam again kind of be in that coaching role
2: you know what at first i wanted to bring him back i know we had him for 10 million dollars last year i don't think that we should sign him for that much this year if we were to bring him back but i think sam had his first year he got his feet wet i think it's time for him to start flying i think davis Webb is going to be is a decent backup uh i think also potentially i don't know I don't know if you'll agree with this or not, Keith. I don't know your feelings at all with this, but I would even look at Ryan Tannehill to bring him in as the backup, since he already knows how Gase's uh, system. And if Sam went down, we have a quarterback who was a starter and knew Gase's system, even though he is a jabroni. So, you know what, McCown, bring him if if you want for, a, for a ver- the vet, vet minimum. But to me, I don't think he's really needed anymore. I think Sam, uh I think he got his feet wet enough and I think he's ready to go.
1: Yeah, I mean... When it comes to Webb, we don't know if he could be a good backup or not when it comes to the Jets, because he didn't really get too much of a shot with the Giants, no. and then got cut, went into our practice squad, but maybe youth is the way to go, and one of the positions I want to I wanna mention to you, Mike, is when it comes to Mo Claiborne. Now, that's somebody that two years ago played really good. Last year, he didn't play that bad for the role that he was in. Now, Tremaine Johnson, for us last year, was a gigantic bust. And so, and so, just Mike, insofar as the amount of money they paid him, he still, PFF still rated him out as the 19th best corner in the league. So considering the amount of corners there are, that's still decent enough, but they paid him big time money the first half of the year. Mike went through it. Mike was not a big fan last year because he kept Mike, not only was he making coverage mistakes each game, multiple, he was getting penalties that were just so, just so stupid and and just absent Mike. He still led the team in interceptions. Um, with four interceptions And he played okay The second half of the year But is Moe Claiborne Someone you think They're going to consider Bringing back Or Buster Screen uh, I want Buster Buster with-
2: Screen needs to go That's, we're Enough We're enough With all his Penalties And his antics I'm just We're done with him And Mo Claiborne It depends on Who else Potentially we can get um, They could also Potentially target A cornerback In the first round uh, if they move down and get, like, a guy like Greedy Williams, I'm not really exactly sure what McHagan is going to do there, but um I... If you're going to bring Mo Claiborne back, he, we already know what he is. He does well in the beginning, and then at the middle to tail end of the season, he starts to um, tail off, and his play on the on the field, maybe injuries, we're not really sure, but he's not the type of franchise cornerback that we need. We definitely need to upgrade at that point. We do have a couple of cornerbacks, uh, Darryl Roberts. We've got Derek Jones, who hadn't getting a lot of time, a lot of burn at the cornerback position, would love to see more of what he has has to offer there um, but I would probably lean toward not bringing Morris Claiborne Back and try to get another option at that position.
1: Yeah, I mean, when it comes to free agents, that wide receiver for us next year, there's a few interesting names because Jermaine Curse, I don't think they're going to bring Jermaine Curse back, and I'm not sure what you think about him. Uh, obviously, we got Robbie Anderson out there. He's a restricted free agent, Robbie. And also, Andre Roberts, another restricted free agent who was made the Pro Bowl, the best kick return in the league Absolutely last year. Absolutely bring
2: him back. They got to bring Roberts back, I would uh, tell
1: you. The, the impact he made on uh, special teams, that alone. Curse is going to be gone. Uh, I think, you know, Robbie's a restricted free agent. He's someone they might be able to use in a trade. You know, we'll see what happens with that, and we'll talk about that maybe in the future with Antonio Brown. Uh, I don't know. That might be a good piece to use along with the draft pick. To maybe get Brown, depending on what the Steelers want to do. Let's go, let's go through some of these names, Mike. We'll do we kind of speed round it when it comes to keeping him or not keeping him. Blah,
2: pal. What do you I think? I think let him go. It's time to, time to give I him. I think one. he's going to go too. My-
0: I think you guys should let him go too. That's just fantasy me speaking.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Come on, Elijah. You got Steve McClendon
1: here at D tackle, Mike. I think he's gone. Yeah, I agree. Noon, well, I know they signed him back, so we're good with the noon one. Yes, Ajalani uh, I left tackle. He's going to be history, Mike. A lot Get of these guys here. here, I do think, are in the cutting block. Neil Sterling, that's someone they'll probably bring back, Mike, just for depth at tight end. I think uh,
2: they could. They could. I mean, there's uh, there is Cooks, who's out there, who's a free agent that we could sign. But um, yeah, they no, could well, bring that, back that's Neil. A legit
1: tight Sterling. He like is. Doing. We have Herndon as our actual tight end next year, and I think he's going to be he's going to be able to make a difference. Sterling's in there just. Very just for pass blocking and specialty, He's not that bad of a player. Um, Ovali and right tackle, he's going to be history. Rontez Miles at safety, that's someone I think they probably will bring back. Yes, I agree, and I like
2: Rontez. Yes, I think with depth because they already got, like they said, Terrence Brooks is gone. You know, you got Josh mar I mean, uh, uh, Rontez Miles there after May and and Adams. I think that he would be a good guy that we should hold on to. Yeah, again. and another
1: guy I think they are going to keep, Mike, who's unrestricted free agent, maybe sign back, is Brandon Copeland.
2: Oh, yeah, I love that You know, he, he is
1: basically, and when it comes to a 3-4 outside linebacker, he's, he's he's pretty good, not that bad of a player. Matachu, mm-hmm. um, Martin, they might be let go, but I do think Copeland's going to come back.
2: Harrison is huge. Jonathan Harrison, we have to bring him back for depth.
1: Say they sign him and they don't give him really a big-time contract and he's the center next year. When he played last year at center, it, it wasn't like he was some glaring, you know, blinking red light where he couldn't play. You know, where where that did happen sometimes last year with Spencer Long. So, Harrison's not that bad of a center. You know, he was, he was serviceable enough. And even if you just bring him back, Mike, just to be a backup, that's actually a pretty good signing. I think if they bring him back. I think Rashard Matthews is history, Mike. John. Jason Myers under the free agent. Oh, we got it. And we're trying to get him on the ABG. We're trying to get him on the show. We have a connection here with a fellow alumni Maris Red Fox. Right here in the building. Good old Harvard on the Hudson. Former tight end of the Maris Red Foxes, the majestic beast, Nicholas Crom. Hey
0: man, let's make it happen. Let's shoot, you know, shoot the the crap about the old times up there, you know, Poughkeepsie. What about McCoy's? What about some of those fine drinking and eating establishments right across North Road there? I know you've been <laughs> Yeah, this kid knows he knows all the details, Myers. <laughs> so if you're listening out there, which you're not, I've but been say, to every deli you've been to, Myers. But You better have been to Rossi's. There's a sandwich in there called the crunk. I don't know. (laughs) The crunk. (laughs) They might have a Myers there. It's an Italian combo. All jokes aside, he's accomplished way more than I ever (laughs) did.
1: Yeah, but I do think, I mean, he made the Pro Bowl, too. Was, at the end of the year, he missed a few kicks here and there, but he was surprisingly... Last year, when we were talking about kickers, Mike, in the preseason, Uh, to us, it it was uh, all a sea of just average nobody kickers.
2: Keith. Can you please talk about the other kicker that he was competing against, Bertolette, and what he looks like in the AAF?
1: Oh, my god, he's been missing kicks. Did he get cut? He must have been cut last week. He had to. Because me, me and Mike were texting each other. I was like, you see this guy that was on the Jets? And then he missed a kick. Then he missed another kick. Then he missed another kick. I was like, what is happening? So he went, he went full AAF Ray Finkel move. Oh, God. Uh-huh. And then one of the kicks, one of the announcers was like, I think the laces were in. The laces weren't out. I was like... <laughs> Wait a minute, they showed the replay <laughs> and the guy goes, no, nah, Laces, were out, man. <laughs>
2: he could have been, been our kicker, son. He could have been our kicker. He
1: could have been our guy. Now, let, you know, Mike, we got our boy who last year got a little bit of burn at the end of the season, Neville Hewitt. Oh, I think that's yeah, someone that just boy. off a prospect level, you got to bring him back, I
2: think. Of course, and Henry Anderson. We got Henry Anderson, Neville Hewitt, to me. He oh, that yeah, that
1: I, awesome I, I, I missed Henry Anderson there. You're right, Henry Anderson, that's kind of a no-brainer. Yes. If they're going to stick in this 3-4, that's a pretty good d I think last year he had seven or eight sacks. He made an impact. Beginning of the year and middle of the year, he had kind of a lull. But the beginning of the year, end of the year, he really played good and he really showed that in the three-four defense, he could be a really good defensive end. Strong football name too, Henry Anderson. It's strong. I mean, come on, the defensive end that screams defensive end, like Henry. Henry. There's 2 to 3 million Henry Andertons walking around the United States right now. So that's just a respectable name to begin with. Guys, we have Clive Walford. I don't know really what they're going to do with Walford. He might be... Just like the same thing with Sterling, guys. I'm yeah, not sure what they're going to do he, with him. he
2: may be chopped. Daryl Roberts. I think they should bring him back. Davis Webb. Again, Davis Webb. What, what do you think, Keith? Do you think we should... Would you like to give him a chance to be the backup quarterback for the New York well Saints.
1: yeah you would give him a chance to be the backup considering you know the Giants drafted him uh, you know an indecent enough spot cut bait with them because they drafted that jabroni from D2 Richmond <laughs> absolute scrub from D2 Richmond scrub what are you talking about <laughs> oh my god he basically he basically played flag football and the Giants drafted it and they and were man, trying to justify I remember because they didn't we take... had friends of ours telling us oh watch wow, man he's going to be good Oh, and Eli Manning, and now my friends know, and Kronk can tell me. I, I'm not an Eli Manning hater, as many people are. I think Eli gets a lot of hate
0: for no reason. He does. And oh, this guy, he's the Hackenberger of the Giants. <laughs> yeah. You know, not not drafted in the he second round. Richmond, at least Webb, you're right. It, it, Webb was, was the second one. Uh, he played in Cal. He broke Cal. Aaron Rodgers' records. Yeah, he did. But he's, he had the
1: pedigree in there. He packed ten actual quarterbacks. Oh, you know. God. Texas Tech, Cal is pretty good for Davis Webb. So I do think they should give him a chance, Mike, just based off that. Um, we got Jeremy Clark, at cornerback. I think they might bring him back, Mike. I don't think yeah, he played that bad could. last year. You
2: seem like they would not bring back. They could. Uh, he was a McKagan six-round pick. Robbie Anderson, obviously, they're going to bring him back. Brent Bader. Oh, I got t-
1: I got two names for you, Mike, right here. Oh. Do you think they bring back Sam's boy, Deontay Burnett? I would
2: love to bring him back. De- he caught everything that they threw to him. He was running good routes. He did everything that was asked. I would love to bring him back. I'm oh, a I like fan. like him, too. And I'm then, a- of course...
1: <laughs> We have our boy's show favorite. We put him on the map, Mike Frankie Lou We
2: did. We were. We put single
1: handedly dropped a rocket.
2: We loved Luu Lu- from Lu- the from the, the, the green the- and white. Remember, remember from the green and, with the green and white scrimmage, and you were like, "Oh, that my boy Luu! He had all the the face paint on his face and everything. He was making the tackles. Oh, he's a fan favorite. We got that was in the
1: that was in the. Pre-pubes- not even pre-pubescent. That was in the infancy period of our show. That's true. Me and Mike started out first shows. Frankie Louvo <laughs> got name drops. Here we are, all this time later, talking about him. But I do think when he he got some burn the end of the year, I do think Louvo, someone, oh, they should bring back next year just to see what he can do. Even if he's somebody that's just for death.
0: Hey, Tank. The situation kind uh, of got heavy on. Speaking
1: here. of this draft that's coming up, obviously we got free agency first. That's why we covered everything we just covered, guys. And we'll get into the top free agents and all of that the week before free agency hits. Uh, We'll have our little preview. Maybe some of the guys we think we should get. The final guys that let go or keep before it comes to free agency. But next week, Michael, the NFL combine. The NFL meat market. Get a bunch of jacked monster athletes. Strap them up in some Under Armour. Send them flying on all types of drills. Hit these cones. Jump this high. How fast do you run? You get the data, you get the stats, it affects how the draft works, Mike. Who should we be looking for when it comes to the New York Jets at the Combine? Do you have anybody Jet fans specifically should be paying attention to? And then also, Mike, conversely, when it comes to where we're located in the draft, which is number three, there's some other teams that might be looking to move up to our pick to select a quarterback. Should we look at some of these QBs just to see the value And that might determine how valuable our number three pick then becomes.
2: If Bosa is on the board, you take him, period. But I don't think he's going to be there, right? So there's four guys that I personally would take with a number three pick. Now, two of them are offensive linemen, and you can get them later in the draft. So I would recommend uh, trading down and get some of these offensive linemen. But these are the four that I personally like, and they are, as I've mentioned before, Jonah Williams, offensive lineman from Alabama, and Juwan Taylor, offensive lineman from Oklahoma. Now, we know that our offensive line is one of the biggest issues that we have on this team, one of the major weaknesses, and we know that Sam Darnold is our most prized possession, our, what did you call him, our, our little uh, butterfly uh, with the wings What did you say <laughs> A couple Well he's, of no, he's
1: like Last year he was like Our little He was like our Caterpillar that was like <laughs> yeah. Came You know the caterpillar Formed his little cocoon <laughs>
2: Yes
1: And yeah. Sam is in there Right now still <laughs> yeah. And he just At the end of last year Mike those last three games He just started Beginning to slice That cocoon open <laughs> Yes and In the next few years He's gonna flutter His beautiful green And white wings <laughs> As the Jets go on to win four to seven Super Bowls over the next 20 years. But, but it's not tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, yeah yes, yes. But
2: we need a line to protect him. And that's why I personally like uh, um, Jonah Williams and Jawan Taylor. So I know
1: there's so many good defensive linemen in the draft. Mm-hmm. But if you go ahead and have the balls to take one of these offensive linemen that high... Just like they did with DeBrick a few many moons ago, yes. they just mangled right after him. Yes. Those dudes stay on your team for a decade.
2: Yes, they do. And it locks and down in. a
1: position. All these other guys have all this flux in and out. You draft a guy of this skill level, especially Jonah Williams. That's a guy I really like the most. Yeah, me too. Um, but I'll take I'll take um, e- either of them, him or Ford. Yeah. But if you get a guy that monstrous, oh god, yeah. that monstrous on the offensive line. All of a sudden a giga- a gigantic hole is filled. Yeah. Maybe in a free agency you sign a number a couple other guys. Mike has a few guys in mind already. We'll get into that in next week's episode. But if you can sign a few guys, you draft one of these monsters yep. and the offensive line all of a sudden is that much better.
2: It might right. be and, you, and here- that seems
1: to me and, the way to go.
2: And what what I wanted to just pretty much say and I Nick, um so let me know if you agree or disagree. The combine is not a process in which we can tell who is going to be a superstar, but it is a process in which we can tell that a player may not be as good as one thinks. And I say that to say, if you think a wide receiver is really, really good, right? Um, And then he runs a 40 and he runs a 497. You're like, yo. Uh, yeah, that's a little. I don't know, right man. This guy, you know what I'm saying? So it's not a process where you like know, like you have a guy like Ross, John Ross, who ran what a four two something a couple oh, over, yeah. and everyone was like, "Oh, he's the number one pick. He's a scrub. He's a scrub." Just because you do good, just because you do good at the combine doesn't mean you're going to be good. But if you do bad, bro, that is so for me, these offensive linemen, I want to see footwork. I want to see them be able to bench press like crazy. I want to see Jonah Williams put up 225 pounds at least 25 times. I'm hoping 30, right? So that's what I'm going to be watching for those guys to do that and be able to, you know, the 40. I'm not really that concerned about, but the strength stills and their and their ability to move from side to side, you know, I'm going to be very much watching that for these guys.
0: No, I mean that's 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 pretty much how I look at the draft, Mike. As well, and, and you're right. It, for, obviously they're in they're in what, what equates to speedos. And, and and cleats or, or, or turf shoes because they're in Indianapolis every year. You're not... If, if you're doing your job the right way, you already know what that kid is going into <laughs> that. that yeah. All that's doing is just reaffirming what the hell your eyes were seeing. Right. Pretty yeah. pretty much to me. That's why I think pro days are useless. But sometimes my like friends, Remember when K- Kelvin Benjamin went into the draft? Mm-hmm. And
1: everyone was interested to see his 40-time. He was like, yo, I'm not as slow as you think. I'm going to run a 4-4. Yeah. This he ran... And I have it right here, he ran a four six one. Which doesn't sound that bad, but it's it was slower than the time of the top four linebackers in that draft. Yeah. So he really wasn't that fast of a player, and everyone said it doesn't make a difference, he's someone that's gonna be able to go up and get the ball. And then you came to the NFL and he can't separate from anybody because he's too slow. That was one of those guys that, that should have been a red flag. Yeah. I and agree. it wasn't. And in the NFL he's done absolutely nothing. And in there his are career.
0: certain positions too, like linebacker and stuff like You you hear people talk about linebackers going sideline to sideline side or in between the numbers, he's unbelievable. And then he comes out and he runs a, a, a five one. So I mean, but like like he was saying, wide receivers, Kelvin Benjamin, you can't you, you can't run a four six as a wide receiver. That was like a
1: few, and I forget You're, a few years ago. Slow. You can't. You know, a few years ago, when the uh, the NFL drafted the first openly gay player, I forget his name, and he was like, the SEC defensive player of the year. Yes, or whatever, yep. Michael, oh, Michael Sam. Michael Sam. Sam. I can't think yes, of Yes, but Mike, he, his 40 time was like, yeah. like, it was the slowest 40 time ever measured. So his combine stats were bad. He ended up getting drafted. That's why he didn't make the league. Right. right. Yeah, really nothing to do with any, anything no. else besides that. Right, um, right. If, if you can play, you can play. If you can't, you can't. NFL, just like most sports, it's really about who can compete and who can't. And when it comes to this draft coming up, um, we have a ton of holes, Mike to fill. I hope they go offensive line, but if they don't, Whoa. if they don't take Quentin Williams...
2: Yeah, um. that, that's what I was going to say If they go, you know, you and I were thinking They were going to do the 4-3 If they're going 4-3, and Mill- Williams made the most sense I didn't really want another defensive tackle But this guy is considered It's it's Bosa And then it's Quentin Williams as far as talent goes So he was a guy I was like, you know what If he's the next Aaron Donald He's as good as they're saying He's a great, uh, great guy that could uh, force pressure up the middle You know, I was looking at him but the guy I think now is in our crosshairs, the man who I believe the New York Jets should draft uh, um, if they decide to stay at three, is edge rusher Josh Allen. In 2018, he had 17 stacks. This guy's production was out the out the world. And he's a 3-4 edge rusher. 21 and a half, 21 and a half tackles for a loss. Five forced Fumbles. He was the SEC defensive player of the of the year honors as a senior. He has the athleticism and size to consistently get home and get at the next level. Josh Allen, if you're staying at a 3-4, you got Henry Anderson on one side or Leonard Williams on one side and you got and you got Josh Allen on the other. Yeah, I'm I'm thinking that's our guy right there. Yeah, six,
1: five, 260 with the way that guy moves. He'd be hard to pass up at number three if Bose isn't on the board. And I'm thinking, Mike, in this draft at one or two, I think a team's gonna try to move up there yeah. to try to get one of these quarterbacks. Yes. Even if it's not to the jet spot, if we keep our pick and select someone, everyone knows we're not gonna take a quarterback. So I I guess getting up to number four is still not a bad spot to be. But if you can get to two or you get to one, you get whoever you want. I, I don't know if the Cardinals are gonna really give up the number one pick, but the Cardinals drafted a quarterback last yep. year. They could probably move down, still get an edge rusher if they want. I do think the Jets are going to have a chance to get Allen. I think he's going to be there at number three, personally. He'd be hard to pass up if he is there. He's the only guy I'd rather them take. If it's Quinnen Williams or Allen, I think Allen's kind of a no-brainer. If they don't take Allen, I want them to take Jonah Williams from Alabama, Mike, of all the guys that we just spoke about. uh, I don't think you can really go wrong with either of those selections. Or if the Jets decide to trade their pick and move down and... Maybe get enough. We don't have a second round pick this year, so maybe get ourselves a second round pick or some additional picks for the future. That's not a really a bad way to go either. So at number three, considering we just last year drafted Sam, we kind of have a quarterback now that hasn't happened to us in a while. For once, we're going into a draft where you're like, all right, we don't have to worry about that. All right, we can we're just worry about the line, let's worry about getting the core. Both of the line set, offensive line, defensive line, either way they go, I think they, they're going to have really great options, or if they trade down, but I really do hope, I really do hope they're able to, if they do trade down, trade down, still come away with one of these offensive linemen, I'd be really happy. Nick, uh, you're,
2: a, you're a Giant fan, Nick, um, and being a Giant fan, I know you guys are going to be looking at a quarterback, um, let us know, you know, I, we would love to trade with you, you know, be, go, come down to six, I'm not sure if the Giants will ever do that with the Jets, but... If we were to do that, what quarterback are you looking at as a Giant fan? Uh,
0: I'm, right now, Haskins, obviously. Um, from all accounts, I mean, the, the kid killed it on the field, and uh, he's like top-notch type of person off the field as well. Like the kid gets it; he wants to play ball. He's there's no diva in him, so I like that part of it. Um, he's got the build. I mean, he's a prototypical size for a quarterback. Can move a little bit too for his size, but if 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 you don't love any of these quarterbacks, then you got to go best best player. But but it's all because of last year. Don't get me started. I'll take Haskins. I'll take Haskins. Okay. And I, like I said to Keith, I'll give you guys Odell for number three too, if you guys want. <laughs> to. Yeah, you know what?
1: I'd say that you know if Haskins was in last year's draft, I think that Baker and I think Sam would still be taken ahead of him, but I think he'd be the third quarterback take. Yeah, I, you know. And I, I to yeah. be honest with you, that's how good he was. I think yep. he's better than Jackson. I think he's better than Rose. I think he's better than Allen. Yep. To be honest, so. Um he's he's a talented player and <laughs> obviously broke Drew Brees' record there in the Big Ten, threw fifty touchdowns last year, which is absolutely ridiculous. Seems like a smart kid. Yep. Seems like a good kid. <laughs> Seems like someone that can handle New York. I think that's kind of a no-brainer for the
0: Giants okay. if he's there, right? That's 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 the guy I would I mean, you can't go you can't go Murray. You can't take you can't I mean Why can't, you, can't you go, go Murray? Murray? I, I just Size? I, I yeah, yeah that yo, that's one of the most interesting things about the combine Mike <laughs> And it's not just because of the size, Mike. It's just because we missed on a quarterback last year in my mind. Kyler Murray can't be, I don't see him, and I hope he proves me wrong. He can't be that guy this year for the Giants. You had five opportunities for that guy last year for the Giants. You took Saquon. God bless. Generation. He's going in the Hall of Fame if he doesn't get hurt. But because we didn't take a quarterback the year I think we should have, I, you have to go, I, I have to go Haskins this year.
1: Yeah, and one thing the Giants are gonna have to worry about, and I know we got to sign out of here, guys, is teams if they do want to get Haskins, are gonna trade up past them to get Haskins. Yes, because that's the best quarterback in this draft. More often than not, when has the quarter the don't, best quarterback in the NFL draft gotten to the fifth pick? Don't
2: tell John Elway that he's in love with Drew Locke
0: <laughs> yeah, Well, you know, for for whatever reason, for a quarterback of his magnitude, he can't he can't do he, anything with quarterbacks. Right? He is yeah, he terrible. Is
2: terrible. Terrible and, 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 me, man, Think we, about we, the we, quarterbacks that no he's gotten. Paxton Lynch. You know, uh he went with uh Locke Pino, Osweiler. Locke Osweiler, and then now he gets Flacco. <laughs> Trevor
0: Simeon? <laughs> Simeon?
1: It's just it's like it's like uh The kid
0: that looked like the Buccaneer logo oh, you said Paxton Lynch already. Mike,
1: it's as if like it's like the movie Gremlins. If you took say say Christian Hackenberg was a gremlin and you dumped water on him, and seven more Christian Hackenbergs popped up. They all became Broncos quarterbacks. Yeah,
0: everyone. Basically. That's every basically happened. single one of them.
1: <laughs> you know, that was everybody. Another great one in the books is what it is. It's Wookie. Another one in the books. Ain't easy being green. I want to thank everybody for listening and supporting us as always. Getting at us on social media. We really do, we really do appreciate it. Elite Sports Network always every single week coming at you. Best website out there. Guys, thank you always for supporting us also. And Mike, if anyone does want to get at us on social media, tweet at you, tweet at me get at the big majestic beast contact us to hire the interns out if they need to because even though they're interns we will hire them out and we'll we'll make money off them but they won't make any money because they need to learn how this business works um where can they do that
2: Mike well, everyone knows we're on the Elite Sports Radio Network. You can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, iHeartRadio, and Spreaker.com. Follow us on Facebook at AEBG.JetsRadio, on Twitter at AEBG underscore NYJ Podcast, and on Instagram at Jet.AEBG.
1: You heard the man. That's Mike. Over here is the big Wookie. On behalf of both of them, my name is Keith Farrell signing out for this week. Peace out, everybody.
0: <laughs> Are you ready? Oh, can't wait. The New York Jets can beat anybody in the world And I think we're gonna win next Sunday. The, the New York Jets I think Jet fans, Jeff fans Jeff fans Merd, Brady, Mer. He's very passionate Mer, Brady, Mer. <laughs> Thank you, all you fans Look out there, guys Darnold falling to the Jets Sam Darnold, Darnold. That's
1: such an upside Don't <laughs> think Jet fans Very passionate
0: Brady sucks Dolphins
2: sucks want a non-believer <laughs>